Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. Today, we have a tale for you that is as riveting as it is heartwarming. Imagine building the pet business of your dreams, a sanctuary filled with excitement for the future and help so many pets in your local small town. You've poured your heart, sweat, money, and countless hours into it, only to watch it engulfed in flames one fateful night through no fault of your own. Our guest today, Pet Boss Club member Tracy of Paws Up Pet Supplies in Wakan, Iowa, shares her story of rising from the ashes, quite literally, after a devastating fire threatened to erase her dreams. In our heart-to-heart conversation, she takes us through the emotional stages of that terrifying night and that Herculean effort just to start anew again, and how the experience has not only reshaped her business, but her life. I normally invite you to grab your notebook, but instead cuddle up with your furry companions as we unravel a story of hope, grit, and resilience in the pet industry. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candice Daniolo, the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. Welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, Tracy. It's so great to have you here with us today. I'm very honored that I got picked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you got picked because you have an amazing story to share, not just of 
triumph and I think I guess like rising from the ashes literally <laughs> but it is a story of you know we're, we're featuring some scary stories here in the month of October because we want to you know try to put a little bit of a spooky spin on things on the podcast but also share stories of just hope and resilience and you know what happens when scary things happen because they do happen to a lot of us and we have to either maybe in the moment, in the moment, I feel like we learn what is where our strengths are. We learn how we handle things when everything's crumbling and and falling apart. And then we, you know, we learn a lot about ourselves too. And we actually learn a lot about the process along the way. So before we dive into all of that though, I, I guess I set that up so that everybody listening knows what we're talking about today. So you were picked because this story is just such an interesting story that I wanted you to share it with our audience but also, you know, you're a Pet Boss Club member. So again, welcome. I'm going to stop talking at this point. I've talked now too long. So <laughs> welcome to the show. I would love for you to tell us more about Pause Up Pet Supplies in Walken, Iowa. So my career for 30 plus years was in human resource management. Loved it until COVID hit. COVID completely changed the HR profession forever. It's never going to be like it used to be. And I could feel as 2020 was going on into 2021 that I was changing and I wasn't enjoying my career anymore. But I also have a passion for obviously animals, but old houses, old buildings, the restoration of them. And our town is filled with that. And I had this, I hate to say burning, but this burning thing in the back of my head about, I want to be a part of helping to restore our town, whether that be adding a business or buying a building and restoring the building. So on my 50th birthday, I took myself uh, shopping down in our town. And it's not something you could have done for decades because Wacan just wasn't having businesses anymore. We're more empty buildings then there were filled buildings. And so when I took myself shopping, I got into a conversation with a building owner, business person about, hey, I kind of want to buy a building and I want to restore it. She happened to be a real estate person. And she's like, are you kidding? And I'm like, no. Yeah. I woke up on my 50th birthday, a completely different person than I was when I was 49. You're like, I'm laughing because like people would get a massage or a manicure and pedicure, take themselves to dinner, get a nice dress. (laughs) No, I'm going to buy a building. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's so, why we get along so well. I love, I love your big, big vision. I love it. So my birthday was in May and it was probably like June, end of June, early July. She messages me and she's like, Hey, there's a building up for sale. You might want to think about it. I'm like, well, what building is it? And so she told me what the building was. And this was when I felt like the stars are aligning. The building that was up for sale was a building that had been in and out of my family for 143 years. And I'm like, yes, I want to buy that building because I love that it has a historical value to the town, but also to me personally. So I did, I bought the building. So in August of 2021, I bought the building and started restoring it back to its original state. Not me personally, but I had people take down like all of the drywall and expose all the original stone, all the original wood flooring. On the inside, that were on the inside. Okay, yeah. So then- I was blow drying my hair one day and I'm like, cause I wasn't going to put a business in there. I was just going to buy the building. And then I thought, well, I'll rent out the store. There's an apartment at the top. 
I'll rent that out. That'll just be like additional income for me, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Cause at 50, now I'm looking at retirement and I got to build up my retirement. Right. As I'm blow drying my hair one day, I'm like, I'm going to put in a business myself. My dog comes walking into my bathroom. My cats come following. I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm doing a pet business. And it was just like that, that I decided it. There was no forethought. <laughs> it was just yeah. you saw a sign forward. and you saw a sign and you were like, all right, that's great. That sounds like a good plan. So did yeah. your town have a pet supply store? Okay. So I'm the only one, you know, like there is a town that's like 30 ish minutes from me that has like a mom and pop is what I would consider mm -hmm. it business. It's been there for a while, but it's a smaller business. It's not like Petco or anything. Mm -hmm. So I, I wasn't concerned and I should be concerned, but this is when I get something in my head, yeah. I'm going full bore on it. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not going to be wavered. We'll just put yeah. that in. Yeah. So I decided that this is what I'm doing. I had no idea how to buy the product, didn't know where to go to get the product. And I just Googled it. <laughs> a couple of websites came up I'm like, there you go. So I just started moving forward with that. I have a merchandising background because I did work for a major retailer for almost 15 years. So it wasn't like I didn't know okay. how to do retail, but I didn't know how to do all aspects of retail, just mm -hmm. portions of it. But I felt like I knew enough that I could do this. So I did. <laughs> uh, November 5th of 2021, opened up my doors. Great reception from the town. And so I'm still working full-time in my HR career. I knew that I was going to leave my HR career. I just didn't know when I was going to do that. It was going to kind of be sorted based on how the store is doing, but also is going to be my tolerance for putting up with HR at that point, because I no longer enjoyed it. Part of the reason that I bought the building was because I needed to replace my current 401k plan with a different type of 401k mm -hmm. plan, right? Because in my mind, I'm setting up my retirement for I'll have the income from the store. I'll have the income from the apartment. I'll have, if I chose to sell the building, I would have that. So I was kind of changing my retirement 401k into something different. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why I moved that direction. So then in January of 2022, I officially retired from my 30 year career as an HR manager. And I was going to put everything I had into my store, February 13th. I no longer had a store due to a fire. So I was retired for a month. <laughs> and now I don't have an income. <laughs> so my whole world is changing and I'm basically just hanging on for dear life. How's that for a, a recap? <laughs> yeah. Well, I okay. Let everybody just take a take a deep breath. I know she really went very fast over what happened on February 13th of 2022. We're going to have her elaborate on this. Don't worry. What I loved is that I haven't heard all of the pre-stories. I, you know, I've heard your story a few times now, but I haven't heard all the buildup and the date. So thank you for sharing that with us. Cause I, I had, didn't realize that. And wow. You know, there's so many other things I want to ask you about too, leading up to this point, but the scary thing that has happened, so thinking of like the spookiest thing that's ever happened to you here is that you have now literally taken your entire life and put it into this business. And then there's a big fire. And the fire just burns it all down. Now we're going to skip over here for a moment before we go tell the story, because I want to celebrate kind of where you are now. Okay. So you've gotten through this. That happened on February 13th of 2022. Today, the morning we're talking is September 24th, 2023. Okay. A little over a year and a half. So where are you right now? You're so in, I, for the business, from the business perspective. So I... 
again, in the small town, there was a building that had a couple storefronts available to rent. So I rented that and I'm literally half a block from my original building. Yes. Okay. Up and running. Hallelujah. You're there. <laughs> At least you got that. And you're building and you're thriving and you're learning. And, and so we've come through, well, one of the biggest challenges, and I'm sure there's more challenges ahead, but what I'm sure and what I want, want you to share is like what that experience was like in the moment. If you, if you don't mind kind of going back into the memories with us, I did not realize that that building was in your family for 143 years. And I'm sure that that, that alone in itself, that it's not there anymore is probably a lot to feel and take on. But I guess when I like to try to look at the positives out of it, at least it ended with someone in your family too, you know? I was so proud that I was able to buy that building and bring it back into my family then restore it to back to the way it was originally rather than the trend of covering up the old. I love the rediscovering the old and appreciating all of the effort that went into that because, you know, well, now it's what 145 years ago that it was built. Those stones would have come from a quarry around here pulled by horse and a wagon, you know what I mean? It wasn't easy to build that kind of building and to think that it lasted for so long. And it was so beautiful that I was just so proud that I did that. Yeah. (laughs) Only six months. And I was like, oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yes. And it is definitely something to be very, very proud of. And you'll, you'll at least always have those memories and I'm assuming photographs. You've got some photographs, maybe even some, some video of the space. And now, you know, you're here to share your story with others so that, you know, hopefully they're not put through the same situation that you've had to go through and that, you know, maybe people can learn from your story. So take us through the day when the fire happened. So it was Super Bowl Sunday, February 13th. I always have to think about that because the 12th was a Saturday. Uh, Thankfully, it was my weekend to work. So I was the last one in the store. Uh, The building, uh, I had mentioned it was in and out of my family. So it was on my mom's side of the family. And my mom and I happened to be the last two people in the building on that Saturday. In hindsight, looking back, I was really glad that that's how it happened. Meaning that mom and I were the last ones there. Mm -hmm. It seemed fitting. Mm -hmm. So on Sunday evening, it was in times are very much a blur to me. Sometimes I feel like things are clear and other things are very fuzzy, but it was cold, right? Cause it's February. I remember I had a sweatshirt and sweatpants and slippers on, and I had just got done making my craft macaroni and cheese for supper. And I was sitting down to eat it. And my phone rang and it was my mom. And I literally was like, I really want to eat this macaroni and cheese. I don't know that I want to answer that phone call. I'll just call her when I'm done. Yeah. And then there was something that was like, uh, Tracy, you better answer that phone call. So I answered it. And mom was like, Tracy, our cousin is down at the gas station. He says that the building next year's is on fire. And I remember going, what? (laughs) I threw my bowl of food on my counter, grabbed my boots, my coat, my keys, and my phone. I only live a couple blocks from my building. So I was there pretty quickly. And this is somewhere between 630, 645. And when I got down there, I'm across the street looking at what's happening. And I remember seeing and hearing the flames breaking the windows of her store. 
So mm-hmm. in an old town, you know, higher stores are right next to each other. There's yeah, no in a downtown, in yeah, downtown old, yeah, an old downtown. They're all next to each other. Yeah. Uh, so the fire, I'm assuming see- the fire trucks were already there. Everybody's trying to battle no. this. Oh no. no. So I had just gotten down there and the flames were breaking the front windows and I looked down the street and I see the owner of that store. Now I should preface this with saying I am not a hugger. I like to have a hula hoop distance for me and other people. (laughs) So when I saw her, I was like, oh my God, like, what do you do? Right. So I go up to her and I'm like, are you okay? Which I knew was a stupid question, but I didn't know what else to say. And then I'm apologizing for the stupid question. And I hug her and she's crying sort of. And I remember at the same time feeling guilty that I was thinking, is this going to now affect me? (laughs) Like, is her fire going to get contained or am I the next in line kind of thing? And somewhere in this timeframe is when the firemen are showing up. And in the end, it turned out there were four towns, firemen crew that were here and they were working on putting the fire out from 645, seven o'clock up until midnight. And so as it was progressing, it, I'm watching it go up through her building. And well, in the beginning, I, I don't know, timeline seven, seven fifteen, maybe, I don't know. The chief of police sees me and he's like, Hey, Tracy, do you have your keys on you so that we can open up your front door? And I'm like, well, sure. So I go over and I had the mind frame to not stand in front of the door and open it. Right. I opened it and I walked back with it. And it stayed open like that for a year. <laughs> it was never moved. And the smoke just came billowing out of my building. And mine wasn't even on fire. It was still her building on fire because it's right in the beginning. And at that moment, I remember <clears throat> leading into the fire. So part of the mission of my store was I wanted to help save animal lives. And so I was going to be fostering cats for our local humane society, which is like a 30, 45 minute drive from here. And I thought that I could be like the middleman. Cats always get picked last. You know, there's so many of them in the shelters. And I thought I could help, you know, save some lives here. I was supposed to get five four-month-old kittens that week leading into the fire. I was so frustrated that week because it wasn't working out. And my employees and I were making a great area for the fosters to live and blah, blah, blah. And it just kept, for some reason, thank God, falling through. I wouldn't have recovered if yeah. those kittens had been and passed away. So yeah. um, I don't know. Like it took hours for this whole thing to go down. Mm-hmm. But the flames on her side kept building up through her. So there's the main floor, which was a store. There were two apartments that lived above them. And then, of course, the roof. So eventually burned up through her side. It jumped the roof and started to burn down through my apartment were you living in that apartment or was anyone living no. out? No, no. Good. Okay. No, thankfully I, cause yeah. I was going to restore it. Yeah. So you I didn't have anybody that. living there, thankfully. but she did have people living above her store and they thankfully were able to get out and they were in a store it. that would be connected to her. They were above, they were in their apartment when the fire started. So they were able to get out. There was a mom and a dad, three children and two dogs. Unfortunately, one of the dogs did pass away from oh my smoke inhalation. So my building is on the north side of hers. So there's also building on the south side of hers. And there was people living in that apartment upstairs and they were able to get out. And he grabbed his two of his dogs 
he had an iguana or something like that. He was able to get them out and except for the fish, but they were in a fish tank. So he felt pretty good, but they were in water. <laughs> they uh-huh. were okay. They boil. But anyway, everybody got out. At some point, I remember talking to the chief of police and this might've been around nine o'clock. I'm like, I'm overwhelmed and I need to leave. Do you need me down here? And he's like, no, that's fine. So I went over to my mom's house and she doesn't live far. So once I got there, I probably was there maybe five minutes and mom's like on the phone with somebody who's telling her that they're now going into my building, trying to put the fire out in the upstairs portion of it. And I'm like, okay, now I need to go back down because I need to be there. And when I got down there, on the north side of me is a art gallery. And the owner of that art gallery saw me when I got back down there. And he's like, hey, they're going to start taking your building down. And I'm like, they're going to what? What do you mean they're taking my building down? And he's like, they can't get the fire out. They're going to try and stop the fire from continuing up the block. Mm-hmm. So they're going to take your building down. And I'm like, Are, <laughs> is this true? Like, is this a rumor? Like, I need to... This- get this confirmed. And he's like, go look for the fireman with the white hat. So I did, I found the guy and there was that guy. And then there's like four or five other firemen standing next to him, not actively putting the fire out, but standing there. And so I find him and I go up to him. I was like, Hey, um, I'm the owner of pause up and all of the firemen turn around and they look at me and I could tell by the look on their face that nothing good was coming my direction. And I said, I'm being told that you're going to take my building down. Is that true? And the guy in the white hat says, yes. And this is the first and only time in my life I've ever realized that it didn't matter what I said. It didn't matter what I did, that the decision had already been made. And I had to accept that decision in that moment of time. In my normal life, I would have put up a darn good argument (laughs) as to why they shouldn't do something if I didn't agree with them. But there was no changing that. And I remember walking back across the street, which at this time now isn't water in the street anymore. It's now slush because it's cold enough that the the water is changing. Oh, wow. So I get back over to my car and I told mom, I was like, they're going to take my building down. And she, she had the same reaction. Like, what do you mean they're taking your building down? And sure enough, here comes down the street, an excavator that gets positioned in front of my building and they take like the claw that has like Uh the teeth on the end and they put it up into the apartment and they're starting to take level two down and you're watching this that's got to be like Mm -hmm. just unreal like like an enjoy you're like you can't process yeah like literally like my eyeballs were telling my brain all the smoke i've been close to a fire i've been close to a fire before too that all the smoke and it's just it's it's so much it's hot. It's like, yes, you know, and so earlier in the night when it doesn't matter timeline, but earlier in the night before I had gone to my mom's, when I was down there, you're helpless. There's nothing that you can do. And the gallery next to mine, like I said, was an art gallery. And I saw that people were running into the art gallery to help them get paintings out because there's no fire in there. It's smoke, but there's no Mm -hmm. fire. And I remember thinking, well, I might as well go help because there's nothing I can do to help my building, but I can certainly help you. So I went in to help get paintings out. And oh my God, I've never been in a situation. It hurts your eyes. Mm -hmm. It hurts your nose, your throat. You can't breathe. You can't see. And Mm -hmm. oh my God, that was an incredible experience. You know, eventually they told us, get out, stay out of there, you know, and (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, you. You literally cannot process when 
there's so much happening that you, you, I still can't process a lot of what has taken place. You've seen happen. Yeah. So so it was somewhere around midnight of that night that, well, they ran out of water. So they had a million gallons of water, couldn't put the fire out. And so taking my building down was the only way to ensure that it didn't continue up the street. Cause there was at least three or four buildings up the street from mine. So they did, they, they took parts of my building down. They didn't take the whole building down, but they took enough that they at least got the fire out. And so my building was 23, 24 feet wide and 70 feet long. So there's like an alley in the back. Um, and they, the fire had jumped the roof at the back of my buildings. So that's why my store was never actually on fire. The apartment back part of the apartment was on fire. And then as the building started coming down, of course, there's hot pockets, if you will, of where there were small fires, but my actual sales floor was fully intact. So <laughs> then Monday morning was the insurance day. So one of the things that if anybody learns anything about this, learn about your insurance because that is a necessity. Yeah. Well, and I think <laughs> until you go through something like this, or until you hear someone's story, not even the fire, but any, any scenario, dog being injured or a van being stolen an employee being hurt. Like you have to talk through these, all these different scenarios that could happen potentially to your business to make sure you have coverage and to fully understand your coverage. Because I mean, I, I've had an employee, you know, I've shared these stories on previous episodes, which we'll link to in our show notes of last year's, my spooky stories and, and stuff. And I had an employee who was stealing from me, stole, like stole almost $40,000 by refunding her credit card, her own credit card or debit card. And so money would come from our account into her account. And this was over a long period of time. And it was before you get statements on the internet guys. And it was before <laughs> I was, you know, up to date on my bookkeeping It was before when all of that, when the times were rough and times were bad and I wasn't being a good business owner, but I learned my, my insurance there too, that I didn't realize I did have some like employee theft protection and like cybersecurity protection. And so I ended up getting almost $20,000 from the insurance company for it, which was great. But anyway, sidetracking off that story, I just wanted to, to, to really reinforce the point you're trying to make, which is about the insurance being so important. So right. Monday is so your that insurance was like, day. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, that's just, you having to recap the night from before and, I get why they do that right away, but you're so emotional. You can't even make sense of what you're saying. And they're asking you questions and they get mad. Because I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know this stuff at this point, yeah. but you know, I, after you work your way through it, here's the thing that insurance wise that really has messed me up in my recovery is that, oh, and I do need to say with the fire, this is not just, oops my building caught on fire. I had a faulty wire or something that next day or two days after the fire, I got a phone call from the Iowa state fire marshal and just kind of talking about the fire in general and what I needed to expect. And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, well, I just want you to know that the firemen that night, when they went into the building, they knew from the word go that this was arson. And I'm like, what, <laughs> what do you mean? This was arson. And it was an old building. So I assumed that it was electrical something or other. And um, he says, no, when they went into the building that night, they knew that it was arson, but he wouldn't tell me why they knew it was arson, but he was just letting me know that this wasn't 
And I think he was also telling me that because this is a huge caveat in what insurance will and will not do. So I think he wanted me to know that this is an arsonist and this is going to affect you more than what you are thinking that's going to affect you. And so I did say, and we do know that you didn't have anything to do with it. And I'm like, well, of course I didn't have anything to do with it, but he had to say the words. <laughs> so okay. that was part of the investigation that was going to happen. But the arsonist was. Ooh, I'm going to have to leave you hanging there for the next episode of the Boss Your Business podcast, because we have divided this up into a two part story because it was just so good. So unfortunately, you will have to wait until next week or the next episode to find out who the arsonist was. Stay tuned. I have over two decades worth of experience as a small business owner, and I've helped thousands of pet professionals see success with the strategies and tips that we share. But I bet 100% that you have a question for me. You have a burning business question that you just wish I would record a podcast episode about. Well, now is your chance. We have a website that you can visit where you can submit a question for me that I might record an episode all about. So if you have that burning business question, don't hide it any longer. Share it with me by visiting askpetboss.com. That's askpetboss.com. And tell me your question and it just may turn into a future podcast episode.